G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We'll be talking with a Sydney mum whose son suffers from a rare disease. She's penned a book that tells of the challenges that her family has faced. Kath Henry's book called Sam is named after her son and is designed to offer some help and support to other families with sick children. Well, Sam suffers from a disease called neutropenia, where his body doesn't make enough white blood cells to fight bacterial infections. Now, it's not long ago that children with neutropenia died of an overwhelming infection, usually before they were just five years of age. Well, Sam is now 22 years old. Kath Henry wants to share her son's and, importantly to her family's story, to bring hope to others. Now, Kath's book is called Sam, A Family's Journey Through a Child's Chronic Illness and is also shortlisted as a nomination for this year's Australian Christian Book of the Year Awards. Kath Henry is joining us. Hello, Kath. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. Kath, thank you so much for taking some time to talk to us. And uh, I must say that your book, being shortlisted for the Australian Christian Book of the Year, that's going to be announced tomorrow night in Melbourne. Are you heading off to Melbourne for the event? Yes, we are. My husband and my son and I are all heading down there early tomorrow morning, so it's very exciting. Well, it is exciting and uh, certainly uh, just an honour to you. Uh, and having written your book and having it shortlisted certainly uh, gives it that little bit of extra profile mm. that you'll get your story out far and wide. Uh, let's talk about Sam for a few moments. Uh, can you describe Sam for us? Well, you know, Neil, he's always been a boy who has been positive about life. He has a Christian faith, which is a huge blessing to us. But, you know, I think sometimes kids, when they're sick, they actually become really special little people, and he's one of them. So he's very compassionate, very thankful to be alive. He's an inspiring young man now, and he uh, he loves life, and he loves Jesus. So he uh, works in IT. And he also works with youth, which is a real blessing to see him loving and longing for other young people to find faith as well. Well, how exciting is that and to hear of a young man who's working in IT and uh, he works with youth? And uh, is that a part of the church that you and your husband lead? Yes, it is. It is. We have a, a youth section of that where young people get together um, from all different schools and backgrounds and they come together on a Friday night, play some games, hear something about faith and share their lives together. <coughs> Pardon me, I imagine that when uh, someone like Sam uh, is up and speaking to young people about the real things that matter in life, having gone through what he has been through and uh, and uh, suffering from the condition that he does, uh, there's, a, there's a real credibility in the way that he must be sharing those issues of faith. Yes, it's been really interesting, actually, to watch him find a voice and words that he wants to use for himself to say, this is my journey. And 
he recently spoke in church on a Sunday morning with everyone, with another girl who's been through um, some challenging experiences as well. And it was very moving. People were very touched to hear someone who would still choose to turn to God even in the hard things in life and even in something when you pray and you seek healing and it, you're not healed and you continue on in faith. Kath, take us back to the early days when there was a diagnosis and what you were going through with your husband at the time. Take us back to the, to the beginnings of Sam's story. Well, my hope now, seeing as New Japania is much more known about, is that our story in that regard won't be anyone else's story. But I think um, when children are little, it's often hard to diagnose them correctly. And it was difficult to come up with a diagnosis for neutropenia. He just kept getting bacterial infections often. And it took quite a while um, before he was actually diagnosed with... He was diagnosed at six months with neutropenia. So it took us six months of trying to figure out why is this little baby so sick. And we had another daughter who... um, was three at the time and so I knew what a well baby looked like and I was like my baby is not well so it was quite a journey to actually get a diagnosis actually and when the diagnosis comes and the prognosis doesn't look good uh, describe how you were feeling at that time and how that was affecting your family well you know it's one of those things when you get a diagnosis that you just think wow this just feels overwhelming I think Families um, can do one of two things, and it's one of the things that I had learnt through my nursing background uh, was watching people go through difficult things. And I saw in some families they made the illness come to the centre of the family and everything revolved around the illness of a person, whereas I watched other families who had a faith put their faith in the centre and their families were able to stay drawing close together because Jesus was central, not this illness. And so that's what we tried to do. We went, let's not make this sensual. We, it's, it's big, but let's come to Jesus and, and ask for him to help us. So that's what we did. And then um, we really just tried to um, plug along with kind of figuring out what can we do here. But then we had an interesting experience when Sam was 12 months old. It seemed that we'd been given a miracle now because he went and he had tests and the tests were normal and they were normal for six months and we'd had this offer to go over to Canada to study to become pastors and I had said to God, I can't go with the sick child. I can't do that. Um, And then when even our haematologist said, well, in some cases kids grow out of it and it looks like you've been given that miracle and he even used that word. And so we packed up and we left after waiting six months to make sure that his counts were still fine. So at 18 months, when he was 18 months, we immigrated to Canada. But when we arrived there, within weeks, he got sick again and started having the same symptoms he'd had when he was little. And all the things that I had said to the Lord, I don't want to do that, we ended up having to do in Canada. So it was a real challenge to our faith as a family and for me. But the Lord, you know what? The Lord carried us through all of that. It was incredible. Kath, sometimes we think if there's an illness and we pray for God's healing, uh, that if 
that child or that person in our family doesn't get some sort of miraculous healing, that there's something wrong with our prayers. How did you feel when you were faced with this, you know, constant need for praying for your child, expectation, even the feeling that the miracle had come and your child had been made better, and then a relapse, and then uh, then you recognize that our prayer hasn't been answered in the way that we thought. How do you mm. describe that? Right at the beginning of it, I, was, I felt devastated, deeply devastated, and unsure had I really... Was I believing in a God that was real, even? And then, in my heart, I just thought, you know, everything that has been a part of my life since I became a Christian has been the purpose for me living. And I thought, you know, bad things happen to all people. And actually, it was my son who said to me, out of the mouths of babes, he said, Mum, I think everyone in the whole world has something hard they have to deal with. Sometimes we just can't see what it is. And sometimes you can, and it's really obvious. And I thought, you know what, I think that's right. Mm. And why would I throw my faith in? Because I, what's in front of me is not what I expected. So I think what we do in those moments with our faith when we feel disillusioned is actually the most powerful thing. And we chose together to decide that God was our anchor no matter what. And so we pressed on in faith and we prayed. I've never stopped praying for healing for him. And then we have looked for the blessings in it. So he is much better than he ought to be, actually. And he has much more energy than he ought to have. And when he speaks to people, he would say, oh, I live on the prayers of the saints, is what he says. So we look for God's small miracles in the day to day, I would say. What an amazing testimony. Sometimes we think of a testimony as uh, where something that was going wrong or was bad uh, was made right and made good. Uh, Mm. But the testimony that you're sharing is really the testimony that takes us not into the shallow end but to the deep end, that what happens in our lives and where is God at work when things don't appear to be going the way that we would hope that they go, and he gives us strength to carry on. The testimony of having strength to be able to manage through the difficulties, that's one of the powerful things that comes when you've gone through the experience you have. Hmm. It has been... um, You know, the other thing I would have to say, Neil, is it's friends as well. It's friends who will stand with you and pray when you've run out of prayers and it's family who keep turning up and loving you and it's um, there's something very precious about being in a community of people of faith who can uphold you even when you feel like you're, you know, you're feeling weak. So I wouldn't say that I, I felt strong all the time at all, but I knew that I had a God who was stronger and bigger than what I was going through and friends who could remind me (laughs) that that was true. In some churches, Kath, there are a number of families that are dealing with disabilities or challenges when it comes to their children, and they group together. And when you say there are friends who have been supporting you and who've been there when you're at your wit's end, when you've run out of faith, there have been friends there. Mm. Uh, Is that something that you can... Describe for us. I mean, that was your experience. You had some friends. Is it happening more and more in a lot of churches these days, do you think? 
I think I think so. As communities gather and they seek to really be aware of what's happening in each other's lives, um, it's a wonderful, it's wonderful, it's a wonderful gift of the church to each other. I think, I think that's one of the reasons why God decided church was a good idea that we would come together and we would celebrate with each other, but we would also stand in the hard times and we would grieve with each other too. That, um, you know, I think there's that, there's something that draws you close in a depth of friendship if you're willing to do those things in faith that you don't get anywhere else, really. Kath, Sam suffers from neutropenia. Uh, and yeah. I mentioned in the introduction there uh, that many years ago, uh, children who had that condition uh, wouldn't live beyond the age of five. But mm. Sam is now 22 years of age. But I yeah. imagine he's not out of the woods yet. What is the uh, what is the likely uh, prognosis for the future and uh, your aspirations and expectations for your son, Sam? Mm. Well, one of the amazing gifts was that an Australian man developed a medication um, that was first trialled here and then, as often happens, there wasn't ongoing grant money so the rest of the research happened in America. But Sam has, when he was seven, started on that medication which is an injection that stimulates his bone marrow and, um, and that helps stimulate more neutrophils. So in Sam's case, that has been very effective so he's on a treatment that's managing uh, the condition and he is one of that older group in Australia who have been on it since he was little. So um, we, to be honest, there is some research about some people who are older, but there isn't a very clear description yet of a long-term prognosis. But you know what, Neil, I think, do any of us know our prognosis? We don't, none of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we are so grateful for the treatment. We're so grateful that Sam has responded well to it. And at the same time, we just say, well, you know, our days are in the Lord's hands, all of us. So we trust him with that. And you're still on the journey. And you've decided that you'll... Record the journey so far in your book, Sam, A Family's Journey Through a Child's Chronic Illness. At what point, Kath, did you realise that you needed to put your thoughts on paper? You needed to share these things with other parents because other parents need some level of encouragement. At what point did you have that sort of flashing light that said, it's time to write? Well, my son actually asked me to write his story a long time ago. Um and it takes a bit of courage to put your story out there, to be honest, Neil. And my mum had even said to me, oh, one day it would be great if you wrote a book, Kath. So I'd certainly had encouragement along the way. But then we had had the opportunity um, to go across to America to hear about the latest research and what was happening for people with neutropenia and the leading researcher approached me at the conference and said if you would do the on-ground work I would come and speak at a conference for you in Australia 
And initially I said, oh, no, I can't do that. That sounds like a lot of hard work. And then uh, I spoke to my husband and to Sam and to our daughter, Beth, and they said, we think we're meant to do this, Mum. So we came back and then I approached, we didn't have the money to run a conference, so I approached a few different organisations that I'd been connected with through running the support group and asked if they would give me some grant money to run the conference. And they said, well, you don't have a foundation, you don't have a charity, but if you wrote a book, then we could justify putting some money towards that. And so that was the final prompt, was actually for other people, that I just thought this feels so important to be able to gather families together, to be able to hear this information that's available and to help other families, um, I'll do it. So that's what I did. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest this hour is Kath Henry, who has put her son's story into a book and it's more than her son's story it's her family's story to help others have hope in a circumstance that sometimes might seem like it's very very difficult beyond what you can bear well Kath's book is called Sam a family's journey through a child's chronic illness Uh, 1-800-316-316 to be part of our conversation today Kath, you wrote your book, and one of the things that you've discovered is that lots of people want to talk to you about your story, and you actually encourage them to get their own story written down, whether that's a book or some other way. What's so important about writing down your story? It's been a really interesting journey for us, Neil, and I've been excited that other people are now approaching me and asking me about um, writing their own stories. So one of the things that I don't know that I realised how important it was going to be for our family and each chapter I wrote, I would email it off to my husband and son upstairs and my daughter who was in England teaching at the time and my husband and son would read it and they'd come down and we'd have a cry and hug and my daughter would read me, ring me on the as she was going to school on the train and we'd talk through the chapter and it really, Sam said, you know, it gave voice to our journey and that in a way it was um, very healing for us as a family. And Sam even said for some of his memories, it placed it now in a bigger story and it kind of normalised more of our life journey together. So it's been a really precious thing. And then sharing that with other people then they've realised, wow, I think it could be the same for us if I was willing to give voice to our story. It could help our family. And so some people have started blogs. Um, and then with that heart to want to say, when you tell your story, it connect, can connect with other people in surprising ways. Other people have then gone and shared their story with their local newspaper to raise awareness. or um, And not, not necessarily people with neutropenia. So I've even had, I've had some beautiful emails from people. Um, a woman who emailed me and said, my son doesn't have neutropenia, but he has a disability. And I've been angry with God for so long. And I read your book and I've decided I don't want to be angry anymore and I'm going to go back to church this Sunday. 
So you just don't know when you put your story out there what it might bring to someone else's life, you know. How honest do you have to be when you are writing those chapters? Because you're sharing these with family and perhaps the closest friends you have and you're asking them to to share their own feedback about your honesty and and when you talk about being at your wit's end and not knowing where to go and uh, obviously a roller coaster of emotions some of those angry and some of those uh, full of emotion and love but you're sharing those things honestly and to, to put yourself out there is puts you in a, a vulnerable place doesn't it Kath? Mm. It's interesting Neil because I wasn't so much concerned about my own vulnerability as the vulnerability of um, because our immediate family had agreed to it but the vulnerability of people around us so I was actually really careful I haven't named anyone else in our book other than the names of our immediate family because I felt um, I did need to be honest and I did need to say even though I understand that the medical system because I've come from a nursing background so I do understand that the medical system isn't always straightforward and it's not always easy to navigate. Um, but I didn't want to to name people where it had been difficult. So I feel I've protected people by not naming them. I only name one other doctor who was very significant in a positive way in our life. And uh, beyond that, no one else is named. So I feel that that's, that's a way to protect people in that, in a sense. But it is very true. I think that was one of the things that I kept thinking when I came to the thought of writing our story. Wow, I want to really be careful. Not, I wouldn't want it to be something that would hurt anyone else in what I say, even though I want to be honest with what I say. So you do have to think about that. When you are going through at times of frustration and if your child has a disability or in your case, uh, cyclic neutropenia, uh, and you talk about being angry with God, but is it a, a way that you can actually be angry with the doctors? I mean, that's why you're saying you don't name the people that you might have been frustrated with because you've wanted to see breakthrough, but people weren't able to meet your high expectations. Is that a is that an issue to, to deal with uh, and why you might just be careful not to name people, but it, it's important to actually write down the story so that you can make sense of it in context? Yes, I think that's right, Neil. And I think... You know, as a mother, you just want the very best for your children. And so you become this advocate for your child, in a sense. And when they're little, especially, I think other mums would relate to this when they have a sick child. You go on this huge learning curve because, and in a sense, you end up knowing more about the condition your child has than probably anybody else, really, because you are the one that's there with them day in and day out. So a doctor might have more statistics and medical information, but they won't have the information about how that disease process is playing out day and night in your child. So you hold um, a whole lot of information and that whole medical system and hospitals, it's such a lot to navigate. And I think um, it's hugely challenging when you're exhausted already with a sick child, to be able to face challenges without without becoming threadbare and worn and angry about it all. 
definitely. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes. Uh-huh. Jonathan, what are your thoughts on our conversation today? Yes, no, what you were explaining, I said, uh, you know, my first daughter, born was a little bit hypomanagetic and it was not cute. She died. The second child, the mom went out of operation. The third child had a attack by the, by the enemy. And the child was suffering seriously, went through heart tests and at the age of 12 before he was delivered by a, a family prayer. So I know what she's talking about for your child to go through such thing. It takes faith in God because uh, you can try everything, but sometimes you cannot find solution. Only the law can help. So I know what she's talking about. Jonathan, so, there's sometimes no easy answers. And you mentioned that you lost a child. I mean, uh, you must have come across people who've actually lost a child uh, who had a disability or some condition similar to perhaps what Sam had. What's your thoughts for for Jonathan, who really empathizes with you. Yeah, I think life is full of beautiful celebrations and unexpected sorrows. And, uh, you know, it's continuing, I think, as Jonathan said, coming in faith to the Lord and bringing all of ourselves to the Lord and saying, here I am, Lord, and here's my family, and... We want to keep our eyes on you and to keep walking, loving each other and loving the people around us and bringing this, there's a something precious about uh, faith, I think, born in suffering. And we read about that in the scripture too. So I think um, I really appreciate Jonathan's thought about continuing to come in prayer to the Lord as a family. Kath, let's take a call from Coral in Cooma. Yes. I've been very interested in in um, the interview um, with Sam, and I just can't remember Sam's mother's name. Oh, it's Kath. Kath is Kath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, very interested, and I'll really look out for the book. And I just wanted to make a, a comment back um, that might might be of interest. Look, um, I've got in front of me a book called Sophie's Journey by Sally Collins. And it's a story about that little girl, um, Sophie Delizio. And she was at a, at a kindergarten and a car crashed into the kindergarten and she was hurt. Tragic story. Mm. Yeah. And then um, she, she somewhat recovered. And then about two years later, another, she was in another motor vehicle accident. So she basically was a very little girl with two motor vehicle accidents and had lots of operations and all that type of thing and the book was written and the thing that absolutely strikes me with the book and I've got an in-depth reason why is um, she, they were associated with Mary McKillop Chapel in Sydney and I once met her mother and everything um, but there was an extraordinary set of support behind them you know every everything that happened there was either the very best priest was there had who'd been a family friend and could say mass in a certain way or the the um when the ambulance uh, came it was the very best 
route to the quickest hospital to get the best care within an hour. And I, I, I don't Carol, know what you're saying is uh, that the support that is behind a family that's yes. facing this yes. sort of crisis yes. is so yes. invaluable. Let's get some thoughts uh, from Kath Henry. Kath, your yeah. thoughts, uh, as Coral's reflecting on that, the support is really so, so important. Yes, I so agree, Coral. And how beautiful that in that book... Um, the family were able to see that and recognise it because I think sometimes um, sometimes people don't recognise the support of others or the, the little miracles in, in each day as you're facing the big challenges. So I think that's so true, Coral, and such an important part, whether it's the friends that are close to us or whether it's someone who's helping us in a medical way, an ambulance driver or a doctor or... Um, someone who's just decides to drop a meal around and you feel so grateful for it. And is it fair enough to say, Kath, that people who are in those caring professions and you yourself coming from a nursing background, uh, you're often really driven by a heart of compassion and it really is a small miracle that's happening in the life of a family that is suffering a crisis on that day? Yes, absolutely. And one of the things we have tried to do as a family is to thank the people who have helped us along the way, especially medical professionals, because I don't think they get a lot of thanks often. And so we made sure that each year we give a gift to say thank you to the farm, the people who are hidden, like the pharmacists who work away, beaver away behind there to make sure medications are given out to the ward at the right time or... Um, you know, as an outpatient, we would go in and get Sam's injections. So he, they love, they love it if a child does a drawing and a thank you for them. And um, so we would always try and do that for our doctors and nurses and other staff that we think are a bit more hidden, like the cleaners even. Wow. Thank you so much to Coral from Cooma for your insight today. We are taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Robin in Mount Morgan. Hello, Robin. Welcome along. Yes, hello, um, um, Kath. Um, your son. He, he's he's a little preacher. I think I, I just love what he what you said that he said um, because I think that's the key. I can't remember his exact words, but you know every wrong in our lives, every, you know every illness, every pain, every abuse is a challenge for us to bring God into it and to reach a hurting world. Because, I mean, how can we reach people if we haven't suffered ourselves? And that's the only way is when we can find the answers in God and then we can minister to others through that pain. Mm. That's what I wanted to say. So good that, on you. That's great. Well, your, your thoughts, Kath? Thank you, Robin. That's, that's very encouraging. And I'll let Sam know that you've said that. <laughs> it's... Um, Yes, I think that's true. And you know, in my life, I realize the people who have probably had the greatest influence in my life are the people who have suffered and have faith. And I recognize the gift that they give to others in, um, in holding on to faith in the toughest times. So to think that we might, have, we might be able to give that gift to others is really, it feels like a precious thing to be able to do. Thank you, Robin, for your input and your insights. Uh, let's take a call from Jack in Melbourne. Hello, Jack. Welcome along. Good Jack, morning. Jack, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, listen, I, I, 
the Lord puts information in front of us. Now, I just went to church last week, and I just, because on your program, on the news, it was, and I up about Vegemite, the important, importance of having vitamin B and B3 and everything, for, you know, so people don't have such a risk of disabilities and miscarriages and things. And this lady I spoke to, she's, she's had a baby with um, disabilities and just was reticent to have another one. So she was really grateful to get that. I don't think enough people get the information out there about having, you know, vitamin B and, and iodine and things like that, the very base elements important to our baby in the first trimester. I think that's all I'm really trying to say. I've got multiple sclerosis myself, so I know <clears throat> I know how vulnerable we are to a lot of things, even in later life, but particularly particularly in the womb, that the mother um, gives the, that baby a chance by getting a very, very diet and with the important elements. Jack, good insight there. A response from Kath. I think that's so important, Jack, what you're saying. And my nursing background is actually in midwifery. So the importance of women having good vitamin input even before they become pregnant which is part of the thing often women don't think of it early enough, perhaps. Um, in our case, it's a very tiny little bit of a gene that is not quite right has caused what Sam has. So, um, and I know they're finding out more about these things all the time, but there's no real explanation at this point for why these children have that. So, um, but certainly those things that are uh, coming up in the news, especially about vitamin B, that's really important and uh, worthwhile repeating wherever you can so that, that there's a raising of awareness of the things that we can do that are helpful. And certainly as, along with um, the medication that Sam's on, we also seek help from a naturopath, which is helpful considering diet and as Jack was saying, you know, what we're putting into our bodies helps our bodies or hinders it. So I think that's all very important. Jack from Melbourne, thanks so much for sharing your own story and your own insight there too. one 316 If you'd like to join in our conversation today, Kath Henry is our guest. Her book is called Sam, A Family's Journey Through a Child's Chronic Illness. If we were coming to an important element uh, here, something you've written about in your book, Kath, uh, the way that uh, you don't identify your child as the illness, separating your beautiful child from the illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you use an example of some people who might say, you know, this is my child, he's my chemo kid. How mm-hmm. do you How do you talk about a mother's love for a child separating that love from the idea that your child has an illness? I think one of the things that was important to me was to realise that Sam is Sam first. And there are a lot of other characteristics that make up him as a special person. And certainly as he got older, the first thing he wanted people to know wasn't that he had neutropenia. He wants them to know other things about him first. And so I think if we um, inadvertently use 
those words to describe our child, then then we're naming them with something that's medical, but not naming them with the characteristics of of who they are. And so that seemed really important to me. I mean, we named Sam from the biblical Samuel, um, someone who hears the voice of God. So that was my longing for his life and the words, the meaning behind that is what I wanted to speak first over his life. And I think even as children start school, it was something that became really important for us to be able to sit with teachers and explain to them that we didn't, we wanted them to know Sam as Sam. And certainly there were things that they needed to understand about his medical condition and be aware of. But we didn't even in the classroom want that to be the first thing that other children would know about him. And I think that really helped Sam maintain an identity of himself. And then he will often speak to people about how important it is to find your identity in God and be identified there. Um, And so I think that actually helped him to be able to do that and not feel that the whole definition of who he was was this illness. It's an important and deep point you're making about our identity and when we know that God loves us and sees us in a different light. He sees us for who we really are and it's not about uh, even our shortfallings, it's not about illnesses and challenges that we might face, not about our appearance, but God loves us so, so deeply and you've appreciated something about God's love as you've gone through your family story. Yes, definitely. I think it's um, it's a wonderful thing to realise. And then it gives you more to celebrate, Neil. Because I think when a child is not well, sometimes you f- can forget to celebrate. And so it's really important to still find fun things. And so if you're identifying with more than an illness, there's there's still life to be enjoyed. And even if it's incredibly difficult, you can can find ways to celebrate. And I think that that marks the time in a different way to be able to put things in the time that aren't just um, memories of going to hospitals and having to have big procedures and, um, you know, injections and blood tests and all that goes with a child having an illness. That you can still put in moments of saying, well, let's, whatever the most creative thing you can think of, Mm. you know, my child loves, Giraffes. Let's celebrate giraffes today, and how beautiful they are. And and let's have a have a happy unbirthday for giraffes. It could be as simple as that. Yep. So you can create things around who they are and what they enjoy to celebrate. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. Twenty twenty on Vision. Our special guest this hour is Kath Henry. She is the author of a book called Sam, A Family's Journey Through a Child's Chronic Illness. And as we wrap some things together, some loose ends before we finish our conversation today, I know, Kath, that the, uh, that the, the condition that Sam has suffered uh, is not something that is very, very common. And you like to make contact with people who, in fact, have also suffered in their family with cyclic neutropenia. Uh, how yes. how rare is the condition that Sam has had? 
Well, it's probably about one in a million, but we are discovering perhaps there are more people than that. So, and now that people who are listening in today, Neil, have heard that word neutropenia, they might remember it and might come across someone who has, they might hear about them or meet someone who has neutropenia and I'd love them to encourage them to connect with the support group. Part of the reason for that is a great advantage of running the conference that we ran is there's a professor in Melbourne, his name is Professor Frank Firkin and he has started a registry in Australia for people with neutropenia so those people then can receive directly all the latest research and it's also for people who have neutropenia associated with other syndromes. So there's a syndrome called WIMS syndrome and there is certainly new research that can help people with that syndrome and part of that is associated with they have neutropenia as well as many other symptoms associated with the syndrome. So I would so love it if someone listening has neutropenia or if someone can connect with someone else who has that they would get in touch with me and then I could put them in touch with some hopefully helpful information. Years ago, before the internet, before social media, it would have been very hard for people in isolated communities if they were suffering uh, where a family member had a condition to even uh, have that contact with any support. But it does make it a little easier with internet uh, to be able to connect wherever you might be. And I imagine that uh, when you've got the the Neutropenia Support Group uh, and a Facebook page and, of course, there's the neutropeniasupport.com.au website uh, that people can easily easily connect with you yes and often what happens is they email me first and then I say would you like to have a phone conversation so for instance not that long ago someone contacted me from the Northern Territory so uh, a family had just moved up to a remote area and they had a little one was sick went to the doctor discovered that they had neutropenia and then the haematologist who had made that diagnosis had to fly out. So they're not even, they don't even have a haematologist available in their area all the time. And so I was able to have a long conversation with her and put her in touch online and she had a Skype call with um, one of the top doctors in Sydney and was able to connect with some more information and with more help, which was great. Now, you no doubt have a support group uh, with your local church, the Northridge Vineyard Church in Thornley in Sydney. But for listeners uh, listening all over Australia, uh, their local church is a great place to find someone uh, to be a support for you in your condition, but also importantly to be, if you've got a, a condition like this in your own family, uh, or any any sort of disability, to be able to link with others who are going through that, uh, that common bond that can result and the support that can come from understanding where you're at can be just invaluable, Kath. Yes, absolutely. And I think it takes some courage to seek that because sometimes it means that you need to find the words to explain what's happening. And sometimes it's... Simply, you have to say, I don't have the words to explain what's happening, but I would just value your prayers, and that can be enough. But where, wherever you are in the journey, to be able to say, I'm a part of a community, and I want to be, I, you know, I think sometimes these things tend to isolate us, 
but choosing instead to remain connected, I think, is a really precious gift both ways. I've discovered how important it is. You know, I've always wanted to bless other people, but I've been so blessed that others have been kind to us in this journey. And I realize as much as I want to bless people, there are also others wanting to do that for others. And I've been a recipient now, and I'm so grateful for that. And, Kath, your encouragement as we wrap things up now uh, to people who are in that circumstance, someone in their family, their child has a condition and things don't look good, to your encouragement to, to hang on and to, to keep mm. your faith strong in God and to draw on his strength, uh, your encouragement for people who are going through tough times right now. I would like to say, even though you might feel like you're totally alone, you're not. And there are other people who've been through really difficult things. And wherever you are, there is a God who loves you and loves your child or loves the person that you are caring for. And that there are people who would want to come around you if you could let them know and invite them in. It's okay to invite a few other people in to be with you in that space. And there's hope. There's always hope in God. Well, Kath, thank you so much for writing your book. And I know you are appreciative of the uh, people who would have nominated you uh, to be on that uh, shortlist uh, for the Australian Christian Book of the Year Award. And that's the Sparklit organisation. They're going to be announcing that award tomorrow night. You're on your way to Melbourne and you'll be there with your husband. And Sam is going to be in the audience as well. And uh, we don't know who the winner is, but uh, we certainly hope uh, that your name is called out on the night. Uh, So, Kath, uh, just to mention one more time, there is a Facebook group, Neutropenia Support, and you'd love to contact people who have some connection with that condition. Uh, There's also the neutropeniasupport.com.au website. Uh, Your email for people to to be in touch with you is samthestory at gmail.com. And people can get a hold of your book at Kurong or on the website, neutropeniasupport.com.au, or from other Christian bookstores. And, uh, and of course, your support group uh, that runs for people in your own church, of people who are uh, dealing with issues of disability in their own family at the Northridge Vineyard Church at Thornley in Sydney. Uh, Kath, uh, lots of details to give there, and I hope listeners have caught a hold of some of those uh, if they'd like to be in touch with you. But... Thanks so much for sharing your heart with us today and all the best for the awards ceremony tomorrow night. Thank you for being with us today on 2020, Kath Henry. Thank you so much, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.